Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for tuning in for part of a series of interviews that gives us a chance to hear stories from the Rural Schoolhouse from educators around the country. Today, we'll be talking with Robbie Korprich, the superintendent of the Holbrook Unified School District in Arizona. I'm really looking forward to hearing his experiences in the last year and learning about the challenges and successes for students in his district. Robbie, are you ready to give us the scoop? You bet, Melissa. Great. Well, first, tell us about you and introduce us to your school district. My name is Robbie Corporage. I'm superintendent with the Holbrook Unified School District in Northeast Arizona. If you've ever traveled through Arizona on I-40 between Gallup, New Mexico and Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, we are in right in the middle. You have probably been through Holbrook, may not have known you were through Holbrook, <laughs> but you actually had to drive right through the middle of our of our community because I-40 splits our community. And we are a, a school district of about 1,800 to 2,000, depending on the year. This year, we were around 1,800 because of some declining enrollment because of COVID. Uh, we also have a dormitory that um, that houses about 130 students and that come off the, the various reservations, the Navajo Nation, the Apache um, uh, tribe and so forth. And so we um, were down a little bit because of that this year as well. But usually it's 1,800 to 2,000. We, we serve about 65% Native American, about 18% Hispanic, about 15 to 17% um, white. And then we have a small Black and a small Asian population. I guess one of the unique aspects of our district is that we span 1,500 square miles. So we wow. we serve nine different communities. We serve over 30 chapters in within our school district. We have five schools. Um, we serve pre-K through 12th grade. And, um, you know, the Holbrook itself encompasses about 5,000 population. But because we draw from the nine different communities, we're able to um, serve a wider audience in that 1500 square miles and diversity is our strength. Our motto is helping unique students develop and um, it's a great place to be. Well, it sounds, I didn't realize that you had a dormitory. That's something new that I learned today. We do. It's a, it's a unique feature. And actually um, several years ago, I've been the superintendent for 19 or I'm sorry, 12 years here, been administrator 19 years before I arrived, they used to have about 400 students that would come in and various from various locations and um, they would be housed in the dormitory, but they redesigned the dormitory, a really nice dormitory, and it serves about 130 now. Robbie, what has the past year been like for you and your school and your community? You know, the Last year has been a unique year. Uh, this is my 29th year in education, unlike any other, and hopefully like no <laughs> other. Um, I, I hope that we don't experience the things that we experienced this year and the disruption, what we we categorized as the disruption to education. Um, and some of that was really good. And of course, we know what the bad aspects of that are. 
Um, so our school adjusted really nicely. I think overall, we, you know, we ended the spring break um, last year, almost to the a year to the date. Um, and we were able to, I guess, recollect ourselves and say, we're going to have to determine how to educate kids in a, in a non-normal way. And so we were, we never came back into school. We were never back into school, just like the rest of the state of Arizona. And then going into this year over the summer, we had a tremendous amount of preparation to do. And we started the school year out in a virtual setting up till September 18th. Uh, because we span 1,500 square miles, we also span into the Navajo Nation. And so we were really dealing with not only the state mandates, but also tribal mandates, which the Navajo Nation to date and, and will continue to the end of the year will not be open for students in session. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Navajo Nation uh, Legislative Council has determined that they will span that all the way through July. And so we, we had one school in our district that never opened up until just recently, and we're doing some on-site services now, but um, our schools in town, which is our four schools, Park Elementary School, Hewlett, Junior High and High School, we opened up for a in-person hybrid on September 14th, and we've slowly been tracking local metrics and, and just keeping a good temperature on what's happening within our local communities, and we were able to slowly phase in, phase one, two, three, and we never got to phase four. Uh, we thought maybe by now we would be in phase four, which would be everybody back on campus, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we didn't ever get to pay phase four, and that's okay. We got to phase three. We have about, at our elementaries, about 80% of our kids back on campus. Our junior high has right around 75% of our kids back on campus every day for four days. We changed our school uh, calendar to a four-day week instead of a five-day week just to keep kids on campus when we have them, but also have those three days for them to be off campus um, just because of safety and health and our right. teachers needed to adjust and so forth. And then our high school, interestingly enough, um, has only had about 30% back on campus. So high school kids are taking advantage of this opportunity. You know, and I drove through Burger King the other day to get me something to eat and the, there was a help wanted sign. And I was like, why, what's going on here? And I knew the lady and she said, as soon as you guys opened up, all of our help left. Oh, it wow. Our, it was our high school students being employed. And I've heard that. Never, ever have I ever thought about how school disrupts the opportunity for kids to, to, to work. And I've oh. heard that more and more uh, this year. And so that, in, from a school perspective, um, we've adjusted, we've monitored and adjusted throughout the year. And, and overall, I mean, I'm, it's good to be a roadrunner. I keep saying that over and over again, because, well, Melissa, you know that. You're a I do. Our district is roadrunners, too. <laughs> there you go. So, um, but it is. It, we, we were in a community that really supported us. We got a little bit of pushback, you know, just more confusion than anything, but we always we said we're going to create a safe, healthy, and educational environment. We're sticking to that, you know. Whatever your personal beliefs are, or whatever your political beliefs are, what that's what's boiling down to us is when we make a decision, it's going to be based off of safety, the health, and the educational. And sometimes we had to go with the educational over that safety and health, especially when the metrics started to decline, and we knew that kids weren't being connected because mm -hmm. of our distance. Our kids lack Wi-Fi. Our our kids lack um, devices and and support in the home. And so it's been a challenge 
um, with our district boundaries and is span, spanning out to 1500 square miles, there's not internet service 1500 square miles. So we really had to determine what's the best decision at this point. And we moved forward with that. And our staff has done a wonderful job. Leadership team has done a wonderful job, not without challenges, but as somebody, as somebody said, asked me just over the weekend, how's things going? I said, much better than October. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of how I feel right now is that, you know, we're in a much better place and hopefully going in the right direction. Well, Robbie, you mentioned a couple of challenges. What are the challenges that really have come to the surface and how have you overcome those during this past year? You mentioned that the tribal community has been um, a a barrier for getting those students to the building as far as their safety uh, planning and then broadband with some of your students not being able to connect to those distance learning platforms. Besides those, and you can talk maybe about how you've overcome some of those particular issues, um, what other challenges have risen to the surface and, and how have you troubleshot those? Well, we always say diversity is our strength just because we're such a diverse school district from geographic to socioeconomic to uh, demographic, but diversity can also be a barrier. And you know, I think the, the biggest barrier that we had to date is overcoming the connectivity. So many of our kids do not have access to Wi-Fi, do not have the support in, in the home to be able to continue distance learning, virtual learning, online learning like we would have wanted. And, and that's scary for us because, you know, we talked about a, a kindergarten student that was just finishing up the end of March and just starting to read, just starting to you know put those words into sentences. And then they were not in front of a high quality teacher. Mm-hmm. And then that spanned through the next school year into the fall, into the spring, winter. And now many of them, especially in one of our schools is just now getting back into where kids can be in front of a good first grade teacher, a good kindergarten teacher to teach them how to read. So those, you know, that distance learning, that diversity has is, is been a major challenge. Um, you know, health and wellness has been a challenge. We've overcome a lot of the the concerns that we had with just creating healthy buildings and creating protocols to make sure that our our facilities were um, were were safe and healthy. And I think that was that was so critical that we had never really thought about that before. I mean, mm-hmm. we we have this concept called healthy Holbrook, and we've been doing healthy Holbrook for about five or six years. But never had we gone to a pandemic level. We were mm-hmm. just we were just wanting people to think health and wellness. Now it took it a, took us to a whole new level in terms of what a healthy Holbrook looks like. And um, you know, though I think those were a couple of our largest challenges, some of the the biggest concerns that we had. Now moving forward, I think that it's going to be how can we diversify our learning platforms to be able to meet the needs of the parents and the students and not only to close the achievement gap but also to create systems of acceleration i mean there's we've all got a taste of what can happen now in education and now some of those expectations are there and we're going to have to create a diversity of platforms to be able to say for those students that do want to work for those students that do prefer online learning and in a in a small school system it's hard because we don't have a lot of the staffing and the programs and the scope right. that they can do in, in larger school systems, but we're, but we have the same needs. We have the same demands and it's going to be a challenge heading into next year. And I think we're positioning ourselves well to do so, 
but um, you know, you just never know what's around the next corner, so to speak, in terms of how you would monitor and adjust to make sure that we're helping our unique students develop, which is always our platform here in the Holbrook School District. You mentioned that um, students and work is one of the, the lessons that you've learned over the past year. Are you doing anything else around those lessons learned that you're moving forward with into next school year as you plan? Well, we've learned a lot of lessons over the years uh, in terms of, you know, health and wellness being probably one of the main targets for us is how can we make our buildings healthy? How can we build more of a robust um, health, health program within our school system? Um, we've also realized that the mental health and, and wellness of our kids are going to be a, a big challenge. And that's been a lesson because we've, we've had some kids transition back um, that have been in the virtual environment. And we found real quick that they need social and emotional support. They need mm-hmm. health awareness as well. So, and then I would, I would say the other thing that I guess maybe is a bright spot coming from this is we've been able to figure out a system to take learning to the kids. And we've never really had that in the Holbrook School District. We've always had kids come to our school system, and that's where they were. That's where they were taught. That's where learning occurred. And then we've always had the challenge of what happens when they leave us. How can we continue to help them develop outside of the school setting? And so the the connectivity has helped. You know, doing virtual lessons, and we're talking about setting up um, evening tutorials now with with us mm. having you know, a virtual environment, we can do that. We've also retrofitted a bus and we call it the bus that takes learning to us. And so we've taken a school bus, we've taken out the seats and we have made it into a classroom and it's, it has Wi-Fi on it and um, it, it has heating and air conditioning and it's a classroom within the bus. Um, and so we're, we can put a bus driver, a couple teachers on there. We can go to those nine different communities we talked about. We can go to them and less driving because some of our kids travel an hour, hour and 15 minutes one way just to get to school in Holbrook. And so we're able to, we're able to take learning to them. And I think that's going to be one of the things that we're going to learn from this whole pandemic is that we can't expect them to come to us all the time. We're going to have to go to them, whether that is a virtual environment or whether we create that environment to go to them. And so we're pretty excited. We've had some tutorial on there. We've had some special ed services on there. Um, And we're actually looking at doing a couple more buses with some of our stimulus funds. Wow. And has it been well received by the parents and the students? It has, Uh, you know, with the Navajo Nation being shut down, we had to limit the travel on the Navajo Nation. So we haven't been able to go, um, you know, 100% at this point, but I know this Friday, I'm sorry, this Saturday, we will send a group of teachers out to students that are struggling with some of their math, especially at the high school, to get their credits. And that'll be an opportunity for them to come on the bus, be with a group of teachers to, you know, math is hard to learn virtually as well. And so we've not had that opportunity to go and and have a math teacher teach them math in 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 a one to one setting. And so we're we're looking forward to that because that's going to be our first launch for our high school We've had special education services. I mean, taking those services to the students, that was a population we were really concerned about. And um, we were able to go to them because for a for a high school student that lives in one of our communities that's 45, 50 miles away, parent, we're not providing transportation services. They would have to drive their students in. So we were able to go to them. 
and and that helped tremendously and you know kept us compliant as well as being able to have, provide good services for our for our kids so Robbie, you're a superintendent, and so you've had to lead through a pandemic, which is something they didn't teach us in leadership school. So how have you found yourself growing as a leader this past year? You know, I fell back on, a, uh, this is my 12th year as a superintendent. I cannot even imagine being in your first, second, or third year trying to deal with the things that I, that that we dealt with as leaders in, in Arizona and throughout the nation um, so I was able to draw back on a lot of my past experiences, and I think that was important. Uh, you know, in in the mentoring world, we say case knowledge and episodic knowledge, mm-hmm. and you've you've been through challenges before. You're always daily you're you're meeting challenges. You just haven't been through this type of challenge, and so I leaned heavily on our leadership team. Um, they they did a wonderful job of pulling task force together and and forming plans. And so it wasn't all on my shoulders to figure it out, but I was able to to kind of coordinate it all. I think that helped. I have a wonderful school board that just kind of let me help uh, guide the district through it. I We didn't really hit any stumbling blocks. I know it became very political in some districts at, mm-hmm. at certain times, never really did for us. Um, and just had the blessing of a great school, uh, school board. Um, and then just common sense. I think much of it was just making good decisions and rationalizing your decisions, finding out the effect size of your decisions, thinking about the impact of your decisions, and then making decisions of good faith. Because, and that's a framework that we use in the Holbrook School District with our leadership team is, and, and that good faith seemed to be one of those things where you just hoped you got it right. You just prayed every night that did I make the right decision? Because you were, you actually are making decisions that impact lives. And we say that yes. in education all the time, but literally lives. We had fam- uh, community members and people within the Navajo Nation that were really dying on a daily basis from COVID-19. And so when that really weighed heavily on me as a leader, because the importance of a decision, one single decision, whether that was opening up schools or whether that was um, you know, enforcing face masks or whether that was a, you know, that we provide transportation or how we, how we, you know, regulated our, our sickness protocols, it all mattered. It was huge right. in terms of if you weren't doing things right, that the repercussions of that literally were life and death for some families. And, oh man, I, I hope we never have to live through something like that again in our careers um, because it was not fun. It was challenging, but it was very, very rewarding when, you know, I guess my my rewards throughout this process was if I drove down the road and somebody waved at me, <laughs> I thought I was doing a pretty darn good job in a small community, you know, because you knew they weren't going to be waving at you if, if you weren't doing a good job. So That's every true. time I got a wave, I felt really good that day. <laughs> That's, that's a good metric for success. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you take what you can get. That's right. Because <laughs> there, there, literally, Melissa, there were times where I sat in this very chair and I cried. I had, I never thought I would do that ever. And I mean, you get through some stressful times mm-hmm. in leadership. I mean, it is it it when it all kind of comes back to a central point, which is the superintendent, but never like this, where you just didn't understand 
the epidemiology. You didn't understand, you know, testing. You didn't under, I mean, we're not in that world. We're not in the medical. And, and in Arizona, you know, as well as I, that it came down to you. It came down to your board to make decisions that were health related. And, you know, very, very many times I was out of my comfort zone because I just did not, that, that wasn't, that wasn't where we were taught and educated. And, and, you know, we, I thought the Arizona Department of Education did a wonderful job or Navajo Nation did a good, really good job. Some of our county services did a really good job of helping us through the process as well. So, Bobby, what does next year look like for Holbrook? You know, next year we are planning to be back in a normal session. We are looking at opportunities for some virtual learning as well. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit concerned about what the homeschool environment might look like, you know, mm -hmm. with, with many of our um, families that have been online, they don't understand that online learning is not what it was like this year. Online learning through Arizona online instruction is much different than the type of online instruction that we offered this year. So, you know, we're going to have to, again, differentiate some of the ways that we deliver services. Next year, um, we're focusing on three things, just as we did this year, is creating a safe, healthy, and educational environment. And so all of our ESSER funds and all of our planning for next year is can we create a safe, can we create a healthy, and can we create an educational environment? And right now, educational is, is the one thing that we're going to have to elevate our game on to be able to close those achievement gaps. Because as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have some of those first graders that really have never re received high quality reading instruction. Right. And we're going to have some fifth graders that probably have disengaged uh, throughout the year. And we're going to have juniors and seniors that are getting ready to graduate next year. And may maybe they're not up to snuff on getting their full credit. So they may have to double up on some classes. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a readjustment year, but I feel like we've really planned throughout this year in what we call the disruption. And we looked at, okay, we are in the moment. So what can we do in the moment to create a better environment for our kids and, and a better school platform, educational platform for our kids. So I'm hoping that all of this work that we've done throughout the year will pay off as we transition. We're blessed to have a lot of confidence within our school community and within our communities as a whole. And so um, we're looking forward to getting back to some sense of normalcy, but we also don't want to get back to normalcy. We want to, we want to use this as a springboard to create new environments for our, our students, our families, and our communities. Not failing to use this as a good opportunity to grow forward. Exactly. And I think it is. I, you know, I think we've talked about this forever, that there had to be something that made us change. And it, unfortunately, it was a pandemic. It was a pandemic that turned us upside down. But immediately, like back in September, we started saying, okay, what, what good is going to come from this pandemic? And how are we going to use a, a process called human-centered design to the people within the system to build a better system? And, um, you know, for example, one outcome for next year is going to be we're going to bump up our um, mental health awareness and our mm -hmm. mental health programs within our school system, because that's going to be a challenge for teachers. And we're finding teachers are almost in the burnout stage already. Right. And it's been a unique year, 
But what's it going to be like next year when they do have, you know, 20, 25 students in their classroom and they have to reprogram, reteach and redesign these students to get back into a traditional. We've seen some of the virtual learning at home and it's brother and sister sitting on the lap, mom and dad doing dishes in the back and, you know, everybody eating whatever they're wanting to. That's not the classroom environment. And it's going to be a new environment for these kids to get back into that, you know, school systems are pretty structured. So um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really, really positive outcome from a very, very bad situation, to be honest with you. Well said. Any other last words of wisdom? No, I just thank you, Melissa, for doing these uh, podcasts. I think you're, you're an excellent facilitator. And I hope that, you know, us as a rural system, education system can continue to to, to bond and to continue to grow and to become important to education, not only in Arizona, but throughout um, the United States, because rural education matters. Yes. I grew up in a rural setting. I graduated with a class of about 18, had it in a community of about 400. And here I am in a rural community again, and I hope to end my career in a rural community because there's something special about it. And my kids graduated from Holbrook and are doing really well. Uh, don't tell me they can't come out of a rural setting. We have, you know, Mike Buttonholzer, who is a head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. He came from Holbrook. We, Aaron, Aaron Yazzie, who put, helped put the uh, rover on Mars and uh, um, the new, what what's it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it, he put the latest expedition. He's, he's part of that. He works for NASA. We've got doctors, we've got lawyers, we've got teachers, we've got I mean, they come from rural settings. They're, they're hard-nosed. They come from diversity, and they can survive out in this big world. And so keep up the good work, rural, air, uh, rural education leaders, and thank you for all you do. Well, Robbie, thanks for spending part of your day with me. I really appreciated getting to know more about Holbrook and the community that you're serving. Great. Thank you, Melissa. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.